What's going on, everybody, and welcome to The Prep Talk, the podcast that hopes to inspire, educate, and entertain you into your dream jobs. As always, I am your host, Mondo Rodriguez. In this episode, we are joined with three-time Tejano Music Award winner A.J. Castillo as he talks with us about his journey into the music industry and what it means to be a Tejano artist. As he likes to say, it don't get no better than this. Let's get it. Three, two, one. You're tuned into The Prep Talk with your host, Mondo Rodriguez. It's that whole thing of it's not what you know, it's who you know. Des Sanchez. The thing is, I'm really antisocial, so like you don't really. And Tori Acosta. I can't even solve my own problems. How am I supposed to solve these other people? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Prep Talk. As always, I am your host, Mondo Rodriguez, along with Des Sanchez, Tori Acosta. And you guys, I can't tell you how excited I am for this episode. Like, I am very, very excited because we have a very special guest today with us. He is a University of Texas San Antonio alum. He won Best New Male Artist at the Tejano Music Awards back in 2010 and was also named the Tejano Academy's Best Emerging Artist and Accordion Player of that year. So everybody, let's welcome AJ Castillo. Oh. Oh. Wrong button. Oh my gosh. It's a joke, so I'm a joke. No, 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 no. What's going on? How are you guys doing? Uh, yeah, we're doing good. Awesome. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. Uh, honestly, we know you're really busy, and I am trying so hard not to fangirl right now. That's why I'm over here messing up on all this stuff yeah, right now. Yeah, today is not Mondo's day, guys. <laughs> no, it's he's been good. really ecstatic that you actually joined and uh-huh. actually like answered about the call about like being on the podcast because yeah. he's been like excited to have you really? here on okay, the show because cool. he's been a huge fan. I've been a huge awesome. fan for a long time. Like I messaged you and I said, like I've been a fan since I was a kid, but then I realized you're like three years older than me. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Possibly. <laughs> yeah, that was like, <laughs> I thought like. I've been playing for a long time. I've been playing music for a long time. So yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what it is, man. It's an honor to be here and it's great to see, you know, other Latinos doing, doing great things, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's how I wanted to be a part of it. I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And going back to the music and everything, what inspired you to play the accordion and get into music? Um, you know, I grew up from a family of musicians. My my dad is uh, a sax player; he sings. My grandfather played accordion. Uh, my other grandfather played guitar, and I just grew up in the music scene. And, and um, you know, just as a little boy, uh, my grandfather had an accordion laying around, and. Um, I, I wanted to learn how to play the accordion, and it, it called me. I didn't choose it. It, it chose me. So, um, you know, I asked him, hey, Grandpa, you know, can I borrow your accordion? And he's like, yeah, me, he'll go ahead and take it. And I thought, you know, as a little boy, I thought, give me like two weeks, and I'm going to be ready for the stage. I'm going to rehearse, and I'm going to be ready, and I'm going to, you know, perform it, you know, have fans and all this stuff. You know, I didn't know how hard the instrument actually was. So, um, yeah, that's, I've been playing since I was maybe about nine years old, ten years old. Nine or ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's over here playing music at nine or ten. I'm over here seven years old playing with sticks. <laughs> yeah, it happens. It happens. Honestly. And did you know this was something that you always wanted to do growing up? Um, no, I didn't. I mean, I I knew I loved music and I wanted to play music, but I didn't know the status that it could get to. You know, I never mm-hmm. knew what what doors would open, what it can actually do. You know, it was just always, you know, something that I loved to do. I played at the church. Um, you know, we played at parties, you know, my dad, everywhere I went, my dad would tell me, you know, bring your accordion, you know, you might, we might 
play here or whatever, you know, show these people what you have, what I, you know, my talent. And so we would always just carry the accordion around. And I never thought that, you know, I'd be doing the things that I'm doing right now. So I've been blessed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And anytime I hear your music, I always, I always hear the dynamic duo, you and Sergio. Oh, yeah, my brother. And, yeah. yeah, where's he at right now? My brother, I don't know where he's at right now. <laughs> I don't know where he's at, but he sings with me, man. I'm, I've carried him along like since we were younger, man. And I wanted, I don't even know if he, I don't think he loves this as much as I do. But I like he's talented, and yeah. I've always wanted him to be with me, you know, because it's always like a, you know, we've always it's been a family thing with my my dad, my uncles, my grandpa, you know. It's something that, you know, it's something you can't escape. It's in our blood, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, it's it's nice to have him with me. He's like my uh, like my little blanket, to where you know, I don't know if you like really have listened to other. Uh, groups that have like brothers that sing or sisters that sing Mm -hmm. you kind of have a similar voice the little accents little things that you do it's just because you come from the same blood the same family so when we harmonize together it blends really well because you know we're from the same place we're from the same bloodline you know so that's that's one of the things that has benefited us for the years man and it's great to have my brother with me my dad uh you know it started as a family band and now um you know, we've been blessed to tour all over the U.S. and and we're just working, man. Oh man, that's awesome! And like, I have brothers as well. Mm-hmm. None of us sound the same. <laughs> really, I, I have the deepest voice out of them, and then my other brothers are like more lighter. And the baby, he's getting there. He's getting. Well, there. see, it's not supposed to sound the same. You're supposed to have a lower voice, and then somebody has a, a yeah. mid voice. Somebody has a higher range, and that's when you harmonize. It's like. Sounds incredible because you got you have the low voice. Somebody has a mid range and somebody has a high. Yeah. And when you do the primera, segunda, tercera, yeah, it's gonna sound good. Yeah, no, we can't harmonize. No, to <laughs> save our life, I don't think we can sing. But like <laughs> you and your brother, like you have a mid range voice. You can get low, and then Sergio has a really, really nice high voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, I like his. Both of y'all have like really good styles when it comes to like performing and everything. Like he's really cleaned up and. Everything. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, it, it's you have to have a some some type of image, you know. Yeah. Uh, a I presence. Don't know, the presence. Yeah, you have to have it. You know, there's a lot of people that play instruments. There's a lot of people that are talented. A lot of people that can sing, but that doesn't always mean you're going to be successful. You know, right. you have to have something that's unique about you that that people will be like, "Who's that?" And that you can uh, keep their attention because that's the hardest part. Like anybody can go and sing a song. Anybody can perform for two or three minutes but can you keep an audience engaged engaged for an hour and a half straight and not lose them and for them to be like oh my god this is incredible the entire time it's tough to do not too many people can do that mm-hmm. definitely yeah so you grew up playing the accordion mm-hmm. doing music where did you go to school at i went to school in austin i grew up in Ooh. um yeah i'm from austin uh i grew up in the hood in montopolis it's called a montopolis it's on the southeast side of austin i went to allison elementary then i went to porter middle school in south austin it's weird in austin they used to bus us like across the city mm-hmm. to schools and that was like the first like growing up i everybody in my elementary was was like mexican was chicano tejano or mexicano from mexico mm-hmm. and then when i went to middle school it was a culture shock because there was like white kids and there was like a few black kids and then when i went to high school i went to crockett in south austin and there was like maybe like 50% white and then 40% Chicano, Tejano or Mexicano and then like 10% black. So it's like a culture shock, man. Like you're not used to seeing 
other people or going to school. So, you know, uh, growing up and doing the music thing and when your friends find out, you know, now I have white friends and yeah. and black friends and it's like they're like, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to go to a Kingston era? And, you know, like, yeah, I'm going to Kingston era. <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, just it's just different, man. Oh, yeah. But Austin, Austin is a Austin is an eclectic place. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been used to the area before. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Because I was wondering, I was like. That's kind of a long way to drive to. Like, Texas is kind of hard to get around in some areas. So then the fact that you grew up in Austin, did you know about, like, the San Marcos area? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, okay. obviously, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Marcos, you grew everybody up knows about San Marcos, you know, yeah. I, I think. Uh, you know, I grew up in Austin, but I always knew about San Marcos. I knew about San Antonio. And then, like, you know, I know you think that traveling 30 minutes or 45 minutes is far, but I'm about to take a trip for, like, 10 hours on my bus, so yeah. that's far yeah mm-hmm. so you know yeah so, that's what i was telling them too was like getting you here i was like this man's really gonna come here and have to drive all the way to midland yeah but i have a bus driver and i you know yeah. so like we leave tonight and then i'll I'll be there tomorrow like at eight or nine in the morning for load in and then we do sound check maybe about two or three o'clock so mm-hmm. but i you know now i've been blessed so i just get to chill on the bus and you know, yeah. <laughs> listen to music and sleep and watch movies and so yeah man that's nice mm-hmm. so you went from Austin, Texas, and you went to uh, UTSA. Mm-hmm. What was your major in UTSA? Uh, business management. Wow. Well, no yeah, wonder you know management. about the business a little bit more. Uh, well, a little bit more than who? Well, I mean, like, in Average majors. Joe. Yeah, uh, basically. Because, yeah. I mean, like, you got to experience more about the music and inter- entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. So, no, it's a tough, it's a tough industry. But, um, you know, when I went to college, I wanted to... D- to do something that was like more broad. So I, f- I felt like uh, business management would have been great, you know, mm-hmm. to, that's what I was going to do. So that's what I did. It was, it was, um, uh, it was probably, I tell people this was the best time of my life in college. Mm-hmm. Cause I was wild in college. <laughs> <laughs> like for real, I, I, you know, I went to school, but I didn't go to school as much. Uh, I missed a lot. I I missed like, a did lot you have the, uh, the freshman experience? That every freshman goes through. What is a freshman experience? Parties all night, sleeps all day. No. I mean, I didn't do... You know what? When I was a freshman, I was, like, really depressed. I was depressed mm-hmm. because I was I was in... And and the reason why I chose San Antonio, too, was for, like, the Hano music. And mm-hmm. that's where the, mm-hmm. the Hano capital of the world is. And But it was also close enough for me to be gone and close enough for me to go back home to Austin, you know, when I felt, when I felt sad or lonely or wanted to see my family. But when I was a lot of people don't talk about this. When I was a freshman in, in college, you know, I went from Austin, I went to San Antonio, and you know, once you once you're a freshman, I mean, I don't know what you guys' experience was, but like when I was in high school, I had a you know, I had a good high school life. You know, I had a lot of friends and you know, I had you know I was social, I was uh into sports, I played every sport. And then uh, when I went to college, I was like depressed because I didn't know anyone. Like no one from my high school went to UTSA. So I was taking these classes. I didn't know any people. Like I, it was weird to make friends once you, you know, you get to high school. I mean, I'm sorry, once you go to college. And I was just like depressed and I didn't like it. I didn't like being away from my family. I, didn't, I you know, it, was, it just sucked. So I went home and I, I was like contemplating, do I want to keep going to college? What do I, what do I really want to do? And um, my sophomore year is when I, I joined a fraternity. I joined a Kappa Sigma. I'm a Kappa Sigma in San Antonio. Oh, wow. So that kind of changed my my aspect on college. And, and um, you know, I'm, I'm blessed. And I, I think back and I'm, I'm glad I did that because, you know, I, I, I have brothers and, and different people that I uh, made 
these connections with that, that are going to be there for the rest of my life. And, you know, you just, you, it's networking, it's, it's all kinds of things. And, uh, my college life was good. I had a good time. Yeah. I went to college for like five years. Five years. Yeah, five years. But the other thing too is crazy was when I was in high school, nobody told me that I had to take um, five cre- five classes to get fifteen hours of credit. I just started taking like four classes a semester, and I was doing like twelve twelve hours of credit. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, like nobody told me, "Hey, you need to take, you need to get fifteen hours to graduate in four years." I don't know yeah. if it was like that for y'all. You no, knew that. You I guys didn't knew know. that. I didn't know either. See, I didn't know nobody either. told me that, shit. and I was like. And I thought I was on the track to graduate in four years. And then when I went to go see my counselor, she was like, you, you're not going to graduate. You need, you still need this, this, and this. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, little things you learn. Yeah, I had a totally different experience because I've only been in college for three years. And I'm already about to graduate in May. Oh, wow. But that was Lucky beca- you. I know, right? <laughs> but that's because I was in the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, did everything I needed. And I've been using the GI Bill to pay for okay. school and everything. Cool. But the when I went to a community college in San Antonio, uh, SAC, um, they laid out a plan for me. It was like, if you want to graduate in time before your GI Bill gets exhausted, you need to do at least 12 hours, fall, spring, summer, fall, spring. So since 2019, I've been going nothing but college. And wow. so, I mean, blessed to be. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Where are you yeah. guys from? Oh, I'm from the valley, so I. What am part of the valley? McAllen. I figured. Oh, really? Yeah. Do I look like a valley? No, 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 no. The way you speak. Oh, really? Yeah. So you can tell by like different accents. I think. Wow. You yeah. do kind of have an accent, actually. From the valley? Yeah, you have. Like, I have a lot of friends that are from Harlingen, from McAllen. Um, so I, I was like, ah, oh, this chick's probably from the valley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the first time anybody has ever said that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Even you said that. Let me ask you this: Are you fluent in Spanish? No, that's I'm why like, I knew you're from the valley too. Yeah, it's because I'm trying to learn Spanish as best as I can, mm-hmm. and I've gotten to where I'm sort of bilingual, but not there yet. But you just got to do it. Like even yeah. if you're scared, like to make mistakes, like just do it. Mm-hmm. You know, like we need um, we need more people that speak both languages. And I feel like even growing up when I like in Austin, I don't know the way it is f- for people from the valley, but growing up in Austin, it was like kind of frowned upon to speak Spanish. You know, when I was going to school, like, mm-hmm. you know, they made it seem like it was like it was bad. Like I had teachers and principals and they didn't want you to speak in Spanish. They wanted us to learn English. And I wish I would have had the opportunity to learn more Spanish because I feel like it would have helped me so much more along my path a lot sooner. Um, but I was trying to be the cool kid and didn't want to like no Spanish, not no Spanish. I just didn't want people to think I was from mexico yeah oh yeah you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like and i you know now that i'm an adult and i you know i meet so many people and i've had so many different experiences all over the country and other countries um it's stupid you know to think like that like we're the same person we're the same raza we're the same you know we're we're, we're brown like no yeah. matter what no matter where you're from you're always going to be mexican you know now i feel like it's like shameful not to know yeah. Like I feel yeah. like ashamed because <laughs> my like they're like why don't you speak Spanish? I'm like I can't control like my grandparents didn't pass it on to my dad or my mom because they got punished for it. Mm-hmm. So my dad he knows Spanish because he worked with some guys and they came from Mexico and they were like he told them like I'll teach you English, you teach me Spanish. He was so determined. Mm-hmm. And now he speaks it better than my grandparents. He's like it's amazing. Así es. Mm-hmm. Tenemos que tratar de hablar más en español. 
we have to try and speak in Spanish and and just you know like it's crazy because like even like me like I'm I I identify as a Tejano like the Tejano Chicano and I listen to Spanish music but I speak in English mm-hmm. like that's crazy like there's not in there's not too many other genres or people that listen to um, music in a different language and speak another language like. People don't really think about that. That's how crazy it is, you know. Like if you listen to the Hano radio, like the Hano radio, they speak in English, and then the songs are in Spanish. Right? Why mm-hmm. is it? This is crazy, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's crazy. But that's that's like where we come from. That's what I come from. So it's interesting you say that because I'm from Winters, Texas. Winters, yeah. which is an hour away from San Angelo, and yeah. about 45 from uh, West Texas. Yeah, yeah, from West Texas. Mm-hmm. And same thing. Like I do not know Spanish. I love listening to cumbias, reggaeton, mm-hmm. all that, but I can't. I can sing. I know the lyrics, but I just can't speak it. You don't and understand it. I understand a little bit, not that much, as fluent as I should be. Mm-hmm. But the same thing where my grandparents spoke it. My two oldest uncles went to school, and the teachers told them, "If you don't learn English, you're not going to be able to advance and graduate." So my grandparents were like, "Well, if that's the case, then there's no point." So they stopped teaching it on my dad's side. And on my mom, she speaks fluent Spanish and English. But I like how you said, like, you identify as Tejano. Mm-hmm. Because to me, I thought it was just a genre of music. No. I would jokingly tell people, because it, it was that whole thing of, they're like, oh, I'm Mexican. It's like, oh, well, you're not from Mexico. Oh, well, then I'm this. I'm Hispanic. And people would be like, oh, you're not Hispanic. Like It was a whole telling me what I was and wasn't. Mm-hmm. And then I would be like, oh, I'm Tejano. Because uh, I'm from Texas. They're like, Where, uh, where's your family from? Texas. No, before that, Texas. Like, my whole <laughs> my whole generation yeah. is Texas. Mm-hmm. And lately, like, you and a couple other people I've met, they're saying, yeah, I'm Tejano. So to you, what does it mean being Tejano? Um, I mean, it's a culture. It's um, like I was telling you, like, I, I listen to Spanish music, but I speak in English. Uh, my family majority speaks in English, but we also speak in Spanish, you know. Mm. So Tejano's a culture. It's it's weird, man. So I, I identify as Tejano, Chicano, Mexicano, Americano, like American. Mm-hmm. It's just um it's like a blend of everything, man. We have, we're I think it's great to have a mixture of everything to where we can, you know, we can move in different rooms and, and talk to different people. Um but you know, just just growing up, man, you know, I, I when I was in college I didn't know how how much um, racism and prejudice there was in the world, mm-hmm. you know, and I didn't know that. And now that I'm older and I've, and I've had, you know, a little success, I really see like, you know, I'm in different rooms now. I talk with different people. I, I you know, I have friends that are, you know, that are famous or friends that are rich. And I see that, you know, there's like really a, a way they see us and the way they think about us and they don't, you know, for example, like you, they would look at you. I'm sh- I'm just saying, that like, I hope you don't mind. Oh, no, you're but But I would look at you. They would look at you and say, this dude's Mexican. Yeah. He speaks Spanish. <laughs> I wouldn't even think you speak English. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's mm. just like, that's the that's the type of thing that we have to deal with every day. That's what you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. That's what you guys have to deal with. That's what I have to deal with. You know, I can go into a bank and they'll, like, try and talk to me in Spanish, you know. Or I can go into a bank and they don't want to help me because I'm I look young. I look like a, you know, or I get pulled over by the police and I'm in my G wagon. Yeah. And and they'll at the cop will ask me, "What do you do for a living?" I'm like what? 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 Like why? Yeah. Because I look young and I'm, 
and I'm riding in a car that that they'll never be able to afford or or whatever. Like, why do you treat me like that? But it's the way we look. It's 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 who we are. You know, there's something that we have to deal with. And I never saw that. But now that I'm an adult, like you start realizing these things. And like when you hit me up to come do this thing, I was like, man, like I never really do stuff like this. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you know, these are these are young Latino kids or whatever. And they're going to school and they're they're advancing. They're trying to, you know, live out their dream, get their degree. Like, I want to be a part of that. Like, I want to support that. I want to push the culture forward. Like, like I'm here for you guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we, That's we, the way I feel. We really do appreciate it. And I'm it probably too. going off topic and I'm saying all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff. So. No, it's this fine. is, no, this it is, is, great. It is relevant, know? though, because yeah. you know? um, I think that as we are older and the fact that we have, like, a larger audience as, like, um, college kids, you get to appreciate more of, like, what's happening in the world, especially, mm-hmm. like, what's happening now. And especially what's happened like during the pandemic, especially Mm -hmm. during the pandemic, because like we weren't I especially me. I wasn't aware about all these situations happening Mm -hmm. with racism and even discrimination happening. Mm -hmm. And ever since like TikTok even like came up, I didn't even know all this stuff was happening until I saw it on TikTok or like more people spoke about it. Mm -hmm. And it was just like an eye opener. And I think that's also because like as we grow older, we see a lot of things that a lot of younger people don't. I think too, like like speaking from me, from my point of view, and talking about you in particular is that like also because you're from the valley. Mm-hmm. So in the valley, you're the majority. Like people look like you, mm-hmm. people speak like you. You know, like I I don't see you as white. Yeah. You know, I see you as like a like a Tejano Chicano Mexicano from the valley. So everybody looks like you. Everybody speaks like you. Everybody talks like you. But when you go when you go to a different place, it's like you're like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. You know, you know, like go to Memphis. You'll stick out like this majority black people. You know, if you go to Austin, like Austin is like majority white. Like so it's like I have a lot of friends that that are um, that have certain views, uh, political views. They have certain political views are from the valley. And they like hate Mexicans. They hate all this stuff. And I'm like, bro, you you look like too. Why do you hate these people? Yeah. You know, like, uh, but they don't understand because they they just see the people they know from the valley, and everybody looks like them, and yeah. everybody speaks like them. But when you go to other parts of the country, you become the you become the minority, and everybody looks at you like you're the guy that cuts the grass. You're the guy that does this stuff. Mm-hmm. And they they've never experienced that because they've never left the valley. Mm-hmm. Like the furthest they've gone is San Antonio. You know, so, um, yeah, where are we talking about? I'm going on top of that. <laughs> well, I never said My where bad. I was from. Oh, where are you from? I'm from, <laughs> I'm from Houston. You're from Houston. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, like, my school, even I grew up, like, majority of every school I was at was Mexican or black. Yeah. So, I was, like, yeah. no matter where I... So, you're from inner city Houston. I'm, like, south-ish. What, which is what? Like, Pearland, oh, okay, Pasadena Pearland, yeah. area. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So like there's still a little bit of hood there. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, not getting, K- it's not Katie. No. And it's not uh where is it, Kingland? It's getting worse. Really? Okay. Definitely. It's getting worse. But like So Houston people are different too. Houston people, they Houston people think that like I mean Right? <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of people from Houston too, you know. So it's like I just think it's nice. You like, think Houston is nice? Well, no. I think Austin's cleaner yeah definitely is. for sure mm-hmm. i think we have more cultural 
Yeah, diversity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like when I went, I because of that though, I worked at our HEB and it's like known as a ghetto HEB, but I, in a, in Houston or here? In Houston. Okay. I went there and my bosses would tell me stories about this like white lady. She came and she was like, I don't want to shop here anymore because of all the Mexican that's going on. He was like the Mexican. She was like, yeah, there's more Mexican products. And I'm, I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, she said that to you? Like yeah. my Mexican manager? And he was like, yeah, but I just had to like let it go. And I was like, well, yeah. And then I was helping this lady out, this like older black lady. I was helping her out. And like I was kind of processing what she was telling me to do with her groceries. And she's like, do you speak English? I was like, yes, I speak English. And I was like, I was so offended. I was like, I've never yeah. been like asked that before. Yeah. It I happens. don't know. Yeah, it was crazy. It I've, happens. And these are things we have to deal with. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we don't talk about stuff like this. You know what I mean? I think it's good to speak on it and and talk about it. And especially like. I really feel like our youth, like you guys, like you could change the world. Like you could change the world. Like like Mondo was telling me what he plans on doing his to go work for PBS. Like imagine if we get somebody like that in a PBS and he can open uh, something up for someone else that's a minority, somebody else that's a Latino, somebody else. You know, if you become um, somebody that's in charge there, you know, like that's what we need. Like I feel like our youth and you guys like can change the world and you should. Because you're like more open minded. I feel like a lot are the generation that's older than me. I grew up them telling me you can't do that. Well, you can't do that. What makes you think you can do that? And I had the mentality of like, man, forget you. I'm going to do this because you said I couldn't do it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And in and, and my in my genre where I come from, Tejano, there's a lot of gatekeepers. So the gatekeepers, they never wanted to let me in because they were scared that I was going to come in and change things. And I knew that I was going to come in and change things. So that's why I had to make my own door because they didn't want to let me in through their door. Right. And that's what I did. And that's why you're here. That's why I'm here right now talking to you. You know, I think it's like a I think I don't think I've ever spoken out about this, but I think it's an entertainment business thing, especially with gatekeeping, because a lot of the older crowd, especially um, likes to gatekeep a lot, yeah. especially when it comes to like mm-hmm. newer people. Mm-hmm. And I've experienced that a lot, especially within like radio or like even in, I guess, yeah, radio. Now I think about it. Yeah, it's just been radio, music, stuff like that. And I've noticed it a lot from like the older versus newer crowd. And I think it's more of like they don't want to accept change. And the the way things are going right now mm-hmm. is that it's going to change. There's always going to be always. change. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, and you have to like see that from like another perspective because like you see a bunch of college kids wanting to go into these industries and they want to be somebody mm-hmm. or like change the industry as a whole. And they don't get to do the opportunity because of like older people that are like set in their ways. Mm-hmm. And they want you to pay your dues and you got to do this and you got to do this mm-hmm. and they treat you like. And then you end up quitting or not doing, you know, not not following through because these older people have done this to you. So mm-hmm. my advice is like, stay strong and do your thing. Like you, you have to believe in yourself and know what you're trying to do. And and you're right. Things are always going to change. And that's what I'm saying. You guys have the the knowledge and the know-how and the mentality, the savviness, like because of the Internet, too. Like you can do anything like you can have any job now, any job before uh, like my parents' generation, they didn't they didn't think that any of this was possible. 
you know, now there's kids that are 16, 18 years old that are multimillionaires based off of the internet, you know, mm-hmm. so it can be done. And you just got to, you, you got to believe in yourself. That's the most important thing. Because if you don't believe in yourself, no one else will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you went to, how old were you when you went to UTSA? I was 18 years old. You were wow. 18. And then whatever 18. you got there, you were able to work with like Tejano Grammy award winners like Gilbert Velasquez, who helped produce uh, A.B. Quintanilla and Selena, uh, mm-hmm. David Lee Garza mm-hmm. and, you know, Ram Herrera. Like, how did you find them and start working with them? Uh, they found me. Um <laughs> They found me. Uh, I had a friend that was playing bass, and he was like, "Hey, man, uh, I'm going to the studio." And he's like, "You're really good, you know. Will you go with me?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'll go with you. I don't have anything else to do." And he took me to Gilbert's studio, Gilbert Velasquez, which is like, this dude has like twenty something Grammys. Like he's won like twenty two, twenty one or twenty two Grammys. I think the only one that has more than him is like Beyonce. <laughs> so um, I started recording there with him, and. Um, like, I, it's crazy, man. Like, people think that this is, like, a lucrative business and you make a lot of money. And it's, like, I was recording. I was a studio musician. I was making, like, $50 a song. Like, $50 a song. Oh. That's terrible. Right? And I've never said that, like, on an interview or anything like that because <laughs> it's just messed up, you know? Like, and it's our fault, too, because we, we let people do that to us. Or, you know, maybe maybe... He's not making as much money. I don't know what it is. It's one or the other. He's not making a lot of money or we're shorting ourselves by only making a piece of art and getting $50 for it. You know, so that's what I was doing. I was recording. I was working on different people's albums and I was making like 50 bucks a song. And then I realized, like, look, man, I'm seeing all these older people. These dudes are like 30 and 40 years old. And I, at the time I was like 19, 18, 19. And I was like... I can do this too. And I need to do this because I was going to clubs. I was going out. Like I was always at clubs and venues and stuff. And I would look at the people and I was like, man, everybody's old. I'm the youngest person here. Why? Well, it's because the music was old. The people that were making the music was old. It's like you're talking about, like the people that work in radio, Mm -hmm. they're old. So they like old music and they like the same old artists. And that's what happened to my genre too. Like the Hano. Like I feel like that's the reason it died because they never let new artists come in and they never, broke new artists in the genre they kept the same 10 artists and thought they were going to do it forever and now we don't have any newer artists um that are carrying the genre so yeah that's crazy because i the first song that i heard from you was llorar y llorar mm-hmm. was that your first song that you no no i had an album before that and um like, see, that's the other thing. When I started, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't. I I was just a musician, man. So I put together a CD. It was like a capirotada. You know what capirotada yes. is? Where you just throw a bunch of different ingredients in there. So on my first album, I had like a smooth jazz song. I had a cumbia. I had tejano. I had conjunto. I had zydeco. I had all different types of music. And I didn't know what I was doing. And then, uh, you know, I put out my first album. And a few people, you know, they were listening to it. At that time, it was like a download. It wasn't like streaming. It's like you had to buy a song on iTunes or I don't even think Spotify was out yet. No, I don't think and um, so you had to download the song. And I I got a few gigs uh, different places. And one of the places that I first played at was in Austin. It was a place called the Hano Ranch. It was a club. And the first song we came out with was like a like a smooth jazz. I don't know if you're familiar with smooth jazz, like elevator type of music. <laughs> and we came out with that the first song. And I thought I, was, I thought I was killing that. Shit. And the people are just looking at me like. 
what the hell? Like nobody wanted to hear that. Shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had to turn around to my band. Hey, let's do something else. So we started with the cumbia. And then you see the people like, oh, like, and then, you know, you start seeing all these people dance and you see the girls go crazy. And that's when I was like, man, this is the shit that I need to do. This is what I need to do. So um, my next album I started working on. And that's when I came out with that song. Yorar, yorar. Yeah. And I knew it. Like after I came out with that song, the song you said you heard, that's the thing that like I found my niche, my niche, niche. And I wanted to do that because that's the thing that people love for me. You know, and I, and I remember that song, too. That song still is, like, my number one song. Like, if you go to iTunes or Spotify, that's, like, the song that everybody likes the most. And it's from 2010. That's, like, and I and I sold, like, 100,000 downloads. And I would take that song to the radio station. And they would say, no, nah, we're not going to play it. No, nah, this isn't us. This, this won't work. And at that time, I was thinking, like, why? Like, this goes hard. This is good. And and they just didn't want to sound like that. They didn't want they didn't want to play me because I was new. I was young. And then the radio station would tell me, nah, this song's not any good. It's not gonna work. It's not good. Nah, we don't like it. Our our people that listen to our station, they're not gonna like that song. And then I sold a hundred thousand downloads. And the radio didn't even play me. It's crazy. That is crazy. And I, like it's the number one song that you have. That is personally my favorite song mm-hmm. that you have. Yeah. And for the listeners out there who don't know what that song is, I actually have a little sample of it for y'all to listen to. We're going to check it out. And that song right there, like me and my friends would always jam out before going through a baile mm-hmm. to that song. Yeah. And God, I love that song. Thank you, man. And I really appreciate that. Of course. Like, like that means the world to me, you know, like it's it's crazy, man. Like I would have never thought like coming from Austin. And that's the other thing, too. Like when you're when you're Tejano and Chicano, like nobody gives Austin props. Like everybody thinks that I'm from San Antonio, that I'm from wherever. And it's like, no, I'm not from. And, you know, they'll have people that are, this is San Antonio. And it's like, I'm not from San Antonio. I'm from <laughs> Austin, bro. But nobody gives Austin credit because this this uh, thing that, you know, this, that people think that not too many good people come out of Austin. Mm-hmm. Because it's like a gabacho city. It's like, a, you know, this rock. And the live music capital of the world of, of rock and blues or, or whatever is, is in uh, Austin. Not Tejano or, or Mexicano music or cumbias, you know. So... Nobody thinks I'm from Austin. Nobody knows I'm from Austin. Mm-hmm. That's just crazy. And it's like your style of music, because I've noticed you modernize like OG cumbias. Mm-hmm. And like, how would you describe it? Like it's Tejano and cumbia, but what makes it unique in your own way? Um, Like you said, it's hip. It's dope. Like, uh, like, I like, uh, like I like hip hop. I like hip hop a lot. And I love to make dance music. I love people to dance to my music. So when I'm making beats or, or you know, the songs like like my body has to move a certain way. Yeah. And like even when I'm like my body has to pop. And if my if it pops like I know that like kids are going to like it. Girls are going to like it. People are going to like it because they want to dance. And if you want to dance to it, you're going to want to drink and you're going to want to have a good time. And that's what I love doing. Like. Like, I feel like if I go do a show and you're not having a good time, I didn't do my job. So, like, I'm up there. I'm, like, going to give 110% so that you're having a great time and you want to party. 
and you're gonna you're gonna forget all the little problems you have and, and just have a good time. That's what I try to do. Right. So how do I describe my music? I don't know, man. Like people people say all kinds of stuff. Uh people don't consider my music Tejano, and some do. Some people consider my music Sonidero, some don't. Some people consider somebody even told me uh your music is Hipano. Hip Hano. I've never heard that one before. No, somebody <laughs> just made it up. So it's like, because it's like like hip hop, but and Tejano, but hip Hano. It was corny. <laughs> I was like, it was corny, but I was like, oh man, you know what? I don't know. But uh, like, I don't know how to describe it, man. It's just, it's, um, you know, it's just cumbia, cumbia. And then I play rancheras too. So mm-hmm. I don't like to just say that I'm just cumbia because I do other stuff too. Um, but. You know, I, I just play music that dance music. That's what I play. Mm-hmm. And I did have one question because I've always been curious, like when people do remake songs or they mm-hmm. take samples from other songs, is there like some copyright? Yeah. Thing that you, yeah. I mean, when you're when you're starting out and you're like a um, just a beginner artist or, you know, your, your first song you're recording and stuff, you usually don't have to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, once you start you know, having, you know, uh, a history of, of albums and songs and you start having, uh, you have a trajectory of music and you're doing well, then you have to get, you know, you have to get clearance Mm -hmm. to use a sample, to use uh, a song, you know, because you're remaking the song or you're using the lyrics or you're using, uh, the beat or the melody, you have to get the okay from the writer. Mm -hmm. Cause if you don't, they can put a hold on your song and stop, stop you from releasing it. They can, they can, um, pretty much shadow your song to where no one can hear it or they can take you to court and they're going to sue you because they want their money. You didn't give them mm-hmm. their money and you made a hundred thousand dollars off their song or a million dollars. You know, it happens all the time now. Yeah. And I asked that because I remember one song specifically, I think I just come out of combat training and we were on our buses going to our MOS school and I was looking through Spotify, getting music back and it said that you had a new song out and I believe it was Las Mujeres. Oh, yeah. And I remember the rift uh-huh. uh, to tribute for Anisato Molina. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Anisato yeah. Molina. And again, for the listeners who don't know, I got another uh, music that y'all listen to. And this is like the sample that AJ did. This is the OG one. That's Anisato Molina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was Aniceto, and I remember coming back from Camp Pendleton. That song was playing. I was getting into it, and then I just heard your rift. And it's in the middle. Yeah, it's a vibe. That's yeah. why I put it in the song. But see, okay, so let me explain to you. It's not a sample because I didn't use his. Right. His stuff. I didn't use his song. I didn't use his playing. I played it. It was your own version. So you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So if it was a sample, then I would have used his song and mixed it with my song. Right. But I just recreated the the whole thing and played it myself. And so that's why it's not a sample. Right. Mm-hmm. Can you like able to break down your process when you're creating a song? Like, well, it's just different every time, man. Like sometimes <laughs> sometimes people come to me with songs and then like um it's just different like uh 
this like maybe a few months ago i was in vegas and i took my my friend with me he's a he's a producer he produces with me we went to vegas and i was like look we're gonna get here and uh like i got a suite and we we brought all his equipment and i was like look we're gonna go out we're gonna party we're gonna have a good time we're gonna like see everything what's happening we're gonna capture it and we're gonna go back to the room and we're gonna work we're gonna like we're gonna work off this vibe where that that's here in Vegas. We're at the wind. We're at uh, the beach. Encore. It's like a club, like a out, like a club outside. So we're there, and we're like, we're getting crazy. And I'm like, it's like eight o'clock now at night, and we're all like, uh, super throat. So we're like all drunk, and uh, I'm like, man, like we can't work. Like it's, it's too. We're too gone. So we kept the party going. We kept partying. Kept partying. I didn't go to sleep. Like, I didn't go to sleep because I was in Vegas. We were having a great time. So that dude, uh, his name is Zabala, Gabriel Zabala, he went to sleep. And um, it was like 2 o'clock in the afternoon the next day, and I'm walking into the room. I'm like, we have a studio session at like 4. And I was like, Gabe, just start working on the song. And I had to sleep. Give me like an hour so I can sleep. So he was cool. He, uh, I slept for about an hour and got ready. Went to the studio, started working on some music, and we came out with a song, man. But... It was pretty much off of the vibe where we were in Vegas. We went to the pool party. We saw everything. And um, that's just how we worked. We made a song. Like, we made a beat. And, uh, yeah. I'll play it for you. I would play it for you, but I don't think you can hear it. (laughs) (laughs) Let me see if I have it. So, this is... So, we just called it... Since we were in the room, we were in Vegas, we just called it the Vegas demo. And it's like a turn-up type of cumbia. It's like... So no one's ever heard this. This is not out or anything like that, but this is just the beat right now. Oh yeah. So that's what we do. Like I made the beat. Me and him made the beat together. And so now that I have the beat, now I can start making melodies to it, like write to it. And that's that's pretty much my writing process. That's how it works. That is really dope. Yeah. I like that. That gives me hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's lit. It's lit music. So. Oh, I can't wait for it. It's this just the beat, yeah. That's really cool. It's yeah. different. Like it has trap. Yeah. Cumbia. Sub drops. I feel like it makes you wanna get into it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling all kinds of ways. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely, I would definitely dance to that. Yeah, so you know, it's a vibe. So that's one of the processes of what I do too. So yeah, that's how it works. Has anybody ever came up to you and recommended a song to you? Like all the time. Yeah, <laughs> all I, the time. Like you just hear a song, and you're like, I bet you it would sound great if this person played it. Yeah, I, people tell me that all the time. But like now, I'm to the point to where I really don't do covers. Yeah, like I make all my own music now. And, you know, when I was coming out, I just wanted to, when I first started, I did a few covers because I wanted, you know, these were so, these were Mexican songs that I knew a lot of Tejano people didn't know. Yeah. So I knew I could come out with these songs and they wouldn't know these songs and they wouldn't be, oh, I like the original better. Mm-hmm. They, they haven't heard it. Yeah. So that's why I came up with my version and came out and Yorar Yorar is one of the covers that like people love. Till this day, that's like my number one requested song. It's like, oh, okay, <laughs> we'll do it. But 
Yeah, and then you, then I have people that send me songs that they write songs and stuff, and it's like, oh man, it's horrible. Yeah, <laughs> but people think that it's like, oh, this is gonna work for you. It's like, no, it's not. It's not gonna work. Okay. So I get that a lot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Never mind, because I had a song in mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, that doesn't mean it's not good. You know, you yeah. have to shoot your shot. You mm-hmm. know, because if you don't, then you'll never know. True. You know. So but there's you just gotta go into knowing you're gonna get a lot of no's. Yeah. Like no matter what, even me, like I got chingles and no's. But you might get one yes, and that one <laughs> yes might be the thing that like changes your life. Right. You know? And so you can't get discouraged. Like people are gonna tell you no all the time. Like, no, no, no. Even when I had great stuff, like I knew I had great stuff, people will still be like, nah, no, nah, we can't do that. Because they were scared. Mm-hmm. They were scared themselves, you know? Yeah. So don't be discouraged. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and ask anyway. <laughs> so there was one song. But don't I, be mad at me when I say no. Oh, no, I am used to it. No, I'm just kidding. But um, there was one song I always loved listening to, and because I always loved the sound of the accordion and everything, I was like, dang, AJ would be great at this. And it's, uh, it goes by many names, but La Lambara or Llorando Se Fue. Llorando Se Fue. You don't know that one? No, no, boy. Oh, you know what? I'm about to find it. <laughs> you can't see right now because you're listening, but they have all these snacks for me. It's like oh, Airheads, yeah. Oreos, Fritos. And I'm, man, I just started my diet like two days ago. <laughs> so I, I mean, need to lose okay. some weight. I can't be eating this stuff. I mean, I'm on the same train you're on, but you know, snacks are snacks. <laughs> I remember this one being like the OG, like the actual original that they would play. Oh, this is a yeah, they did this. This is like a dance song too. Like yeah. even J Lo did this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. everybody right? has different versions yeah. of this song. But I was like, dang, if AJ like got a hold of this, did his own thing and yeah. did his beats, like it would be sick. Yeah. You're right. No, I could do that. <laughs> so I mean I'm just saying I if could you do that. If you did it, you I know. probably wouldn't I mean I could do it. I probably wouldn't put it out like on iTunes or Spotify or anything like that because you have to, again, you have to get all these licenses, yeah. these sync licenses, all these different things and get it approved by whoever wrote it and all this stuff. Because if not, if you try to upload it, they won't even let you. Yeah. So would it be more of like a live performance type of deal? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking. It'd be cool live. It'd be cool live. Yeah. Well, I shot my shot, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant like. You made your own, like a song. Like oh, you made a song, no, like an no, original no, no. song. I cannot write oh. at all. I do, I have a team of writers and I just do the voices. <laughs> That's all well, I, I mean, I think you should not say that. I think you should try and never say that I, I don't write. I can't write because like you're already, you're already like limiting Boxing yourself. yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're putting that shit in your head that, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. So you never are going to be able to do that because you're already putting it in your head. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But why not? Who told you that you can't do that? Did somebody tell you that? No, I just assumed because I can't. Yeah, write. So, <laughs> yeah, so, but then you're assuming. So how would you know? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like, don't be like that, man. Be positive, and you know, maybe you can't write, but maybe in a few years, you might be better, and something might pop off. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I think. I'm over here getting lectured by AJ Castillo. <laughs> not, and, and see, yeah, man. Okay, so yeah, but the thing it. is, it's and, a good lecture. And again, yes. like I'm not. Oh man, see, that's that's how I know I'm getting old because <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm an aggressive person. Mm. So I think sometimes people take that as like a lecture or anything. But I just like I want people to do well mm-hmm. because oh, yeah. I know the way people were with me. You know, people like people didn't want me to. People didn't think I was going to do shit. They didn't think I was going to be anything. 
And so, like, when I see other people that think, like, I'm not good at this, and I'm like, why? Like, who did, who told you this? Mm-hmm. Who who killed your confidence to make you think that you're not good at something? You know, like, imagine if when I was growing, like, I, t- I tell people this, like, imagine if somebody, like, really, like, believed in me and told me, mijo, you can be this, you can be that, you could be, you have so much potential. I would probably would have been... I don't know. I would have been an astronaut or I would have, did, you know, <laughs> I would have been Elon Musk or something like that. You know, like it's a possibility. But if we limit ourselves and we tell our kids and we tell younger people like, oh, you can't do that. What makes you think you can do that? What makes you think you can sell out the Moody Center? Mm-hmm. What makes you think you can go perform in L.A. and have 10,000 people there? Like if you tell people that, then they start to believe that. And then they're like, yeah, you're right. I'll never be able to do that. Yeah. And, and I don't want to be that person. Right. Yeah. And I I mentioned this like a couple of episodes ago, but it was like there's two kinds of successful people. One, the people that get told they can't do it, always getting told you're not going to be able to do this. And you've been in that situation mm-hmm. and you had the mindset mm-hmm. of I am going to do this. I'm going to prove you wrong. Mm-hmm. But then there's the other successful people that they've been told nothing, but you can do this. Whatever you put your mind to, you can do it. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people the ones that get told no and they prove that they can kudos to them like more props to them because they actually jumped that hurdle and did it and in my situation i was blessed with nothing but support which is why i am here Mm -hmm. right now because i have nothing but support for my family saying go for it you can do this type of thing and so that was always my mindset was there's two different kinds of successful people and so like what advice would you give new artists that are just getting started in the music industry i would say do it because you love it you know, do it because you love it. When I started, I never thought about money. I never thought about being famous. I never thought about anything other than, like, I wanted to be bad. Like, I wanted to be good. When I say bad, that's in a good way. Like, I wanted to be <laughs> I wanted to be bad. You know, I wanted to be the best. And uh, it wasn't about money. It wasn't about... It might have been a little bit about girls. I wanted girls to, <laughs> you know, to know, to know me. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's all about, like, the love of music. And then, you know, when you when you engulf yourself with that and you try to be the best and you you practice and you get good at what you really do and you hone in on your craft, then all the other stuff comes Then the money comes. Then, you know, you have fans and then you're performing all these places and you're doing all these shows and then people know who you are. But if you go into this thinking like, I want to be famous, I want to be rich, it's never going to happen. You know what I mean? Because you forgot the most important thing. That's the talent part. That's the. You know, people think they can skip all these steps and get to the top. It's like you got to go through all these deals to get that experience to be at the top. Right. And we were talking about this earlier and my me and my friend were talking about something and you came up and they're like, oh, did you know that AJ got property at Redwood? And I was like, no, I didn't hear that. And they're like, oh, some kind of fan you are. And I was like, oh, <laughs> OK, I just didn't hear it. But yeah, we heard that you got property at uh, in Redwood here in San Marcos. Yeah, man, I just uh, I bought an acre here in San Marcos, and I've been coming here for the past year. I'm building a recording studio. Oh, so that's I'm, interesting. I have a recording studio there in Redwood. Redwood, if you're not familiar with the area, even if you're in San Marcos, this is the hood. It's yeah. like a lot of raza. So there in that area, and um, there was a, um, a a acre that was for sale. And when the pandemic happened, you know, I, I had my tour bus, my I had two tour buses, my 18-wheeler and another truck, just a lot of equipment that um, I was parking in Austin. And I was paying rent to park my stuff in Austin. And the pandemic hit. We weren't working for a year. And I was like, 
I need to move my stuff because I'm tired of paying rent and I'm not even I'm not even making any money. We're not working. So I started looking for a property and this one in San Marcos popped up. I never would have thought I'd be here in San Marcos. I'd be working in San Marcos. Um, but it was an opportunity. I found the acre. I cleared out the land. We started building a studio. So hopefully in a month, uh, by the end of May, early June, I'm going to open my first recording studio here in San Marcos. It's going to be pretty dope. It's going to be a high-end recording studio. Congrats. So, uh, Congrats. Thank you. It means it means a lot. And uh, it's, it's uh, you know, I, I really don't take time to think about the things that I've done, but I'm... Uh, I'm I'm proud of this because it's uh like I never would have thought I would be building my own recording studio and that I've, I already have people like lined up to come record and and I haven't even opened yet. Yeah. So I'm trying to get it right. I'm uh you know, I want to give like the Hano people, Chicano people, Mexicano people the opportunity to use you know, incredible vocal mics, incredible outboard gear, incredible drums, incredible instruments. You know, I've been to so many studios where you know the mics are terrible you have chords that don't work you have all these things but i want to give people that are like me the opportunity to use really super high-end stuff you know stuff that i've used in atlanta or los angeles or or vegas you know and so that's what i'm doing and i'm going to bring it to san marcos and hopefully you know people like the studio and want to come work there no that was really dope Mm -hmm. so cool yeah, I can't sing, but it'd be really dope to check out. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you could do whatever. You can have your podcast there. You can do voiceovers there. It's like a, it's a visually dope spot. Like, you know, it's like, cool, you could take pictures there. You could shoot videos there. Whatever you do. If you want to bring the podcast there, maybe I'll let you do one. You know, we do one there at the studio. <laughs> that would honestly be enough. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, that would be but, awesome. But like a vlog too, like video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not just audio. That's our next step. Yeah. That's what yeah. y'all have to do. You have to like, you have, everything is visual now. So yeah. anything you watch is visual. Like, I don't even think people want to just listen. I think they want to see. I yeah. want to see. I think we'd be hilarious yeah. if they yeah. saw yeah. what goes on. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't heard the show before, like these two are the comedians of the group. So tell us some jokes. What's going on? <laughs> Honestly. Y'all are quiet. Um, it's because this is Mondo's moment. No, this yeah. is not my moment. This is our moment. <laughs> yeah. I made this show for us. I he got was eight. getting nervous and I was like, Des, I'm kind of nervous because he's nervous. He's like the dad of our group. <laughs> really? Yes. Yeah, he's like the more mature one because he's like older than us. Oh, so okay, it's okay. like from going from him as the oldest, I'm the next one and then Tori's like the baby. Okay. I feel like we have like older brother, little sister relationship and she's okay. like, so I'm the middle. I was yeah. like... <laughs> <laughs> they made they made a joke earlier because they're like, oh, you're like the middle child. I'm like, so I'm not the one that's loved. Excuse me. <laughs> She's like, I'm ignored. <laughs> I don't know. We just we have our moments. Yeah, we do. Okay. Yeah, this is a good time though. I definitely enjoy doing this, and it's a blast. Honestly, I never thought I'd be doing a podcast. So I did. Really, I was determined. I told my best friend, I was like, we got to do one. We'd be funny as heck. <laughs> Yeah, you yeah. gotta have video too. Why don't, why don't I know, you have video? I, why don't I have like an Instagram? Okay, so or a the TikTok reason why and... we don't have video is because um, the production director she tried to get one of the other podcasts to do video, and there's only one so far that has done video. But the thing is, they have taken forever to edit their video, so she doesn't recommend that other people do it. But can I even say this if I'm next in line? <laughs> I, I guess so. okay well anyway so i'm the, <laughs> i'm going to be the production director for next semester so mm-hmm. i'm thinking that if there's anyone that's going to start a podcast might as well just do video but it has to be 
submitted in a specific amount of time so that way things don't get lost or yeah. things don't get like um what's it called put away or just like scratch scratch there we go yeah because i really i think it's a good idea to have yeah. video because i think with youtube going on with tiktok all these other like visual social medias um i think it's better if people see what's going on in the studio mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's entertaining. Yeah. It is. It really is entertaining. It really is. I want to see what you look like if I'm watching. If I'm <laughs> listening, I want to know what you look like. Even you when know? I listen to podcasts, I look yeah. at the YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's funny. And I think the other thing, too, was they didn't tell us we could do video. Yeah. Like, the other podcast, uh, we asked them that. They're like, they did a video? And they're like, oh, yeah, they brought their own camera. Oh. And I was like, well, if we would have known that. Why don't then... you just use your yeah. phone? Oh, well. We could have live streamed. Oh. <gasps> If we made the social media, actually, speaking of which, oh, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna Sorry. we're gonna we're gonna do a uh, what's it called the social media account really yeah, soon. We're gonna make an Instagram by we I mean me. They've been on me. Yes, <laughs> I'm on it, guys. So the podcast will soon have a social media account for Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, that'll be dope. How come you don't have that already? That's crazy. <laughs> what are you waiting on, Tori? <laughs> Anyway, yeah, <laughs> crickets. Uh, <laughs> yeah uh, slowly but surely, it's been an ongoing process. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, we're getting there. By this Sunday, we should be. He gave yeah. me a deadline. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now you got pressured. I know. You just... Yeah. You gotta keep the pressure. Be killing the game. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be better than all the other universities out there that are doing this. Well, that's that, what he said. That's what I told him whenever we first started this podcast. Was like my goal was to be the top podcast. For KTSW, for wherever, I want it to be the top podcast. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I've been like busting my butt trying to get guests, and especially like getting you on right now, mm -hmm. I feel like that's like a big step forward in trying to get our podcast up there. Mm -hmm. And so, like, like you said, you're wanting to help us, and right now you are helping us trying to get to that yeah, point. Yeah, sure. big thank you. I think it's also a KTSW thing because you also mentioned how there's rarely any like celebrity guests. I know that South by Southwest is a thing. Yeah. But only one person from KTSW was able to get an interview at South by Southwest. Mm -hmm. So and who did they interview? I can't remember. It was some rapper. That's mm -hmm. all I remember. Okay. But I remember it was just, you know, I think we're lacking on that is the amount of like guests for like interviews and things like mm -hmm. that that we need to do. For and KDSW and just you only want to guess. He didn't want us to be on air alone. <laughs> okay, look, we're funny by ourselves, but like getting he wants different points of view, and I get it. Yeah. No, yes. yeah, I get it. Yeah, you have and, to. and like like getting you on, and a couple of the people that are coming on are like uh, a couple of our professors. One of them is an actress, as she's a teacher, and the other professor, his wife, was in the Squid Games, that Netflix series. The Squid All right, Games. cool. Yeah. Um, do you did you ever grow up watching The Nanny? Mm, the Nanny. Oh, the the lady with the really annoying voice. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So in that show, the the blonde lady that was like her rival or whatever. I don't know if you remember her. Name. I don't remember. Is it the wife? He was like after the boss. He was like she was like the short hair and she was really bossy. Her name was Cece in the show. Yeah, her name was Cece. Oh, okay, okay. I'm such a big fan. Yeah, really? she she actually works here at Texas State. Oh wow, cool. Yeah, so like we do have a number of people like with like a high status, I guess you could say. We have resources I didn't even know we had. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you should and use them. Definitely. And that was my goal was to get a lot of high status people on here to try and push this thing forward to be a the top podcast. And again, thank you so much for being yeah, here no and problem. helping us out no and problem. everything. Having a good time. 
We're take you can't see us right now, but we're taking shots. Oh, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> shots of water. <laughs> I need a shot of water to be honest. Oh, yeah. I'm dehydrated right I'm now. So nervous, I'm parched. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we are getting close to that time. Uh, AJ, thank you again so much for being with us. It has been an honor. Thank you for having mm-hmm. me. Um, how can people uh, listening follow you? Uh, you can follow me on uh, Apple Music. Just search AJ Castile. You can follow me on Spotify, AJ Castile. You can uh, hit me up on Instagram, send me a DM. It goes down in the DMs. I don't always get to all of them, but uh, I got to Mondo's. <laughs> and uh, that's how we that's how we connected, and that's how I'm here in at Texas State right now. Um, you can follow me on Facebook, AJ Castillo. Go to my watch my videos on YouTube. If you've never heard of AJ Castillo, just search me, Google me, and uh, come check out a show. I'll be in uh, this weekend. I'm going to be in Midland. I live tonight. I leave tonight for Midland, Texas, and uh, next week I'll be in Arizona. I'll be in uh, Tucson and Phoenix, and then the week after that I will be in Kyle, Texas, at the Rail House in Kyle. So if y'all are if y'all are free, y'all should come out. Have a good time in Kyle. I'll be there um, Saturday, April 29th, I believe. Bet mark it out. Yeah, come down to Kyle. <laughs> right now yeah, we're, we're gonna yeah. have a good time. Right now we're recording. It is April 14th. So by the time this episode airs, he'll be long gone from Midland, and you'll be in Arizona. 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 I could just see us taking a little trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Y'all should come to Kyle. Y'all should come bring some equipment and record a little bit, like a little bit of audio or something. Mm-hmm. And then we're here live at, at Kyle at the Royal House from reporting live or whatever. Well, we're live screen. Yeah, live stream. Back in the, the crowd just trying to see the stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like Mondo help. <laughs> yeah. Um, usually how we end the show is we give shout outs. And since you are a special guest, is there any shout outs you want to give out to anybody? Uh, just to anybody that's out there that wants to live their dream. You should live it. You should do it. Um, you know, don't don't listen to people that tell you you can't do something. You should go out there and do it. At least try. You know, it doesn't happen for everyone. But I'd rather um, live my life knowing that at least I tried And I don't want to be like somebody old that's like, oh, man, I wish I would have did this. I wish I would have did that. If only this, I would have I would have been this. Nah, that's why, like, if I set my mind, I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. So follow your dreams. Like that. Tori? Um, I'll shout out my parents. They've been there for me. They support me like unlike anybody else. Thank you. Love you. Okay, I want to give a shout out to my dad. Um, as well as my grandma, I miss you guys so much because you've been on my mind recently. Also, shout out to my boyfriend because he's the only person that's like been supporting me with the radio biz. So I'm really happy about that. Um, shout out to everybody that also uh, supports me as well as my friends or anybody that's listening here on the KTSW SoundCloud or on the blog. So shout out to you guys. Uh, Mondo? <laughs> yeah, definitely shout out to the listeners, our small group of fans that have been listening and everything. Um, shout out to the supporters for supporting me and bringing me to where I am today. And also shout out to my grandpa, uh, rest in peace. Uh, because of him, I am, he's the reason I got into Tejano music, cumbias and everything. And I know if I, if he was still around and I posted this video or this episode and he heard AJ on, he'd be losing his mind right now. (laughs) (laughs) So shout out to everybody. Shout out to my family. And we will catch y'all next time on the prep talk. Catch y'all later. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.